0: Somewhere, in waters strange and hostile, a woman sails with a motley crew. She watches the horizon through a spyglass. With each passing hour, she grows more afraid. Had she been wrong? Was she insane? Then, like bright bells piercing through a dismal dirge, she hears birds flying through the fog a morsel of land appears in the distance. She smiles, relieved, vindicated. And to no one but herself, she whispers, We're coming for you. From Elder Blade Productions, this is Echoes of X-Caesar. Season 3, Episode 10, Mortal Gods, Godly Mortals. steward of time, the knower of secrets, the father of frights, Winvarian, god of time unending. His legion of masked faces stood motionless atop black tendrils of shadow. The shadows bled together into an oil-like pitch on the ground. It connected all of them into one. A kraken-like entity that filled every inch of the cavernous tomb. All natural light was choked off. But his masks shined through the darkness. They had the muted silver gleam of distant stars, long since dead. I backed away from the masks, awestruck. My feet struck the stone slab holding my father, and I nearly tripped. Bracing myself against the slab, I forced myself to stand tall. Easy, von der, I told myself. This is not the first god you've met. But that thought gave me little comfort. Grinwald was nothing like this. The god of war was a weary soul, burdened with the pain of warring millions. He was the pierced man sparing what mortals he could by taking the fall of blades and arrows in their stead. When Varian had no such restraint. In his presence, I felt every inch of his domain. Time itself birthed from his boundless body. Seconds, hours, days, years, centuries. It was as though I'd spent my entire existence in this cave. My memories seemed weightless as clouds. Even my identity felt moments from slipping away, like trying to hold on to a piece of string in a hurricane. You risked your father's life to summon me, came when Varian's distorted chorus of voices. What further depths will you plunge in order to succeed? hot anger flashed in my mind welding my attention back to the present i felt suddenly aware that the cave had grown so much colder i saw the white trails of my breath felt my body tremor in the darkness the ambiance of the cave had vanished gone were the smells of salt water and mud the sounds of the crashing waves outside An oppressive nothingness remained. It was like being on one of the nine moons. All I could hear were the ever-present whispers of the masks, poisoning the silence with their song. I paced circles on the gravelly mound, meeting the gaze of dozens of masks. I saw a man's face, upside down, with three eyes, A child's face crying blood through a scarlet-stained blindfold. A woman's face with snake eyes and a forked tongue. I drew a shuddering breath and spoke. Why did you really bring me here? The masks stared at me, silent save for the whispers. Perhaps when Varian wanted me to elaborate, maybe it was a way of showing dominance. Either way, I was too fed up to care. I pointed at my father, praying my shivering looked like it was from the cold and not fear. My father, he didn't imprison himself here. You did. You bound him here in these fright-touched chains. No response. Several more masks emerged from the shadows. One mask depicting a mantis' face loomed directly over my head, as if to keep me unsettled. I pressed on. When you brought me to Ranta, you had to know I would meet my father, that I would try to help him. I have your circle. All we need are these chains. I chose a mask, an ivory-white mask with jet-black eyes, and stared it down. If I didn't know any better, I'd say I'm winning. I barely had time to process the ivory mask's next move. Its tendrils snapped forward, coiling around me like a serpent. Its touch felt like the finger of death. The mask met my gaze again, inches from my face. It is true I bound your father in chains, said the god of masks. He forsook me and betrayed the Circle. For that, I punished him. But is this truly why you have come, Father? For what purpose do you attack your poor father and summon your adversary to stop you? I grunted straining against the constriction of the freezing tendrils. But because something doesn't add up, if he betrayed you, you could have just killed him yourself. And Vostri said, Oh, yes, dear Vostri, I'll deal with her soon. Another tendril shot out from the blackness, a mask depicting a rotting, dead crow peered hungrily over my father's body. But, but she, she isn't is wrong. Secrets, secrets do run in our fat with Then what is it? Is he still working for you? The undead raven mask corkscrewed through the air, joining the ivory mask and staring me down. Ah, but if but that I were the case... I frowned carefully finishing the god's sentence. Why would you need me? Slowly, the pieces were fitting together. My father wasn't a double agent. If he was, the other Circle members would have been in on the plan as well. Surely they could have devised a trap for sanctuary. Gareth betrayed Winvarian, yet the god kept him alive. Not only that, he found Gareth's only son, an adept Frightkin, and brought him here to intervene. My thoughts flickered to my conversation with Igneous the previous night. When we take away the child's power, where does it go? My father's trying to become a god, and you want me to stop him. Sweet relief. As the tendrils retracted from my body, I gasped and shuddered, watching the masks retreat into the shadows. The chorus of whispers grew louder, more animated. I felt like I was hearing the gods' own thoughts in real time, after moments that felt like eons when Varian replied, You are impressive for a speck of dust. It is true. true. Gareth seeks the path of the veil to bond with all luminous frets and ascend to Godhood. I heard every word clearly, but it was impossible to process them together. My father, the humble glassblower, the man who made me who I am today, what could have possessed him to do this? But... I fumbled, my words bottlenecked in my throat. Why, why would he want that?
1: Does all your kind desire power to live forever?
0: Though in Gareth's case, if I had to hazard a guess, I'd say it's because he wants to kill me. The statement shocked me. I had no love for Winvarian. But I'd never thought of killing a god. My father's story of his time in the Circle came back to me. The trauma he endured. The things Winvarian made him do. It made sense that he'd want revenge. But was that all there was to it? Why not kill him first, then? Gareth's soul is in sanctuary, explained Winvarian separated from his mortal form. To kill his body now would simply free him from that tether. His bond with the feral soul would allow him to hide his soul in any number of animal bodies. He could live inside the body of a tiger, or an insect, or a murder of crows. He could jump in between any of them. I would never be able to capture him. So, what you're saying is… he outsmarted you. Almost before the words could leave my mouth, the cave itself plunged deep underwater. I cried out in sudden panic as the cave's rocky walls melted into molten magma. Bracing myself for the end, I soon realized that I was unharmed. The red-hot light still blinded me, but I felt no heat air still found my lungs. An illusion. When Varian wants to show me, what, the birth of this cave? The gods' myriad masks stood stoic amidst the chaos. Their black bodies were like sunspots against the impossible brightness of the magma. I am past unknown and future unwritten he shouted over the roiling sound of fiery sludge. I have seen your kind's entire existence within the blink of my many eyes. My designs touch every word, every blotted letter of your history. What arrogance to think my plans could be undone by a single lost, broken man? In a snap, the cave returned to normal. Disoriented, I fell, slamming my head against the side of my father's stone slab. Wincing, I sat up to rub my head and catch my breath. Deep inside, I could feel my resolve beginning to erode. This was more intense than any parley I'd ever had. How much more of this can I take, I thought. It felt like I was fusing myself with Winvarian, melding with the timeline of the universe. I looked up at my father, sleeping in his chains. Gods, Gareth, what have you gotten yourself into? Winvarian, I muttered, unsure if the god would pay me any heed. Your lover. I know Ilithane created mortal kind. Her life force sustains us, but it also kills her slowly. I can't imagine what that must be like for you. But we, the people of this world, we're just trying to live, to find our path and existence. We are young, and as you say, short-lived. We do not have the wisdom of ages past. "'But there is good in us. I've seen it. "'A seed of good, yes, but you of anyone know seeds can produce great fruit. "'We just need the chance. "'Is there truly no way to save Illithane and let us live? "'Surely the might of the gods can avail a better solution.' "'Silence. I was not surprised.' Doubtless it was a question many had asked him before, one he'd have acted upon, had he the will, or indeed, ability. My surprise came instead when I saw the thousand shadow stalks begin to recede into the darkness. One by one, the masks vanished. A single mask remained as the shadows congealed into one vaguely humanoid shape. The mask depicted the face of a moss-covered woman, with fire coming out of her eyes and mouth. The figure stepped out of the water, onto the gravel rising. He stood about ten feet tall, looming like an obelisk over me. I was there when this world was a dream, when Varian intoned. I watched ro Ra spree scream in her sleep, spewing forth the magma that would become Exile, home to Exile. ro raw Ra wanted nothing to do with her dream child, so she let Oda, goddess of the sea, claim it for herself. The mask shifted before my eyes. It became what I assumed to be Oda's face, an elegant older woman with a face like an anglerfish. She even had a luminous bulb sticking out of her forehead. When Varian continued, Oda filled Exile with her water, made it a beautiful blue bobble for her collection. She often did this with her sister Rose abandoned children. A great collection she built by this point. But Exar was the most beautiful of all. Joyce, Odo wore the jewel around her neck and paraded it before the other gods. It garnered her much attention, especially from Aurelius, god of thieves and mischief. Again the mask changed. It now looked like a portly, golden skinned man. Grinning ear to ear with teeth made of glittering gemstones. One eye was made of pure sapphire, while the other was covered with an eye patch. Ever the covetous one, Aurelius sought the bauble for himself. While Oda slept, he took Exar from her neck and replaced it with one of his own perfect blue eyes. When Oda found out, she was livid. She found, she found Aurelius a living atop her bubble. He was he having was his having fun, his sowing, sowing seeds of little tricks into the, into the world. Whenever, Whenever an, an acorn acor falls on your head, head wherever, wherever someone, someone slips in mud, in mud that's Aurelius's, Aurelius's work. work. Like, like ten, ten thousand, thousand typhoons, typhoons, Oda, Oda came, came down upon the trickster god. god. Their battle lasted the Len, Storm upon furious storm took the storm storm tux tux, tux, to blue bomb. Until the day when a new when god stepped in to stop the fight. A young, a young one, one barely an eon, eon out, out of Salkin's sock- sock- gun god forge. Illithin. When the mask morphed this time, it was slower, more deliberate as though every feature was being painstakingly copied. The face produced was that of a young woman, with kind, deep brown eyes and cascading curls of crimson hair. Patches of skin were missing, revealing muscle and bone underneath her face. Despite this, she was smiling with serene joy. Had I not known better, I would have sworn she was in the flesh, smiling straight at me. My love. I'm very amused. She did not like to see her family fight. She went to Exxon, tried to tame Oda's breath. An errant wave caught her, smashing her head against a rock. Hylithin bled into the fertile earth, the first god to ever bleed. And from the dirt wet with her blood, the first flower bloomed. Disgusted, Odon abandoned her soul's treasure. Aurelius left, too, seeing that his fun was now over. But Hylithin, seeing what she created, she set out to make more life upon surface. She filled every corner until all was green around her. From there she made the insects, the fish, the birds. She made beasts and small, majestic, and imperceptible. For each creation she parted with a drop of blood. It made her time Illithane's face was wiped from the mask, replaced by one of polished silver, featureless, save for two black eye slits, revealing nothing but darkness inside. The silver was so clean I could see my own reflection. You see, Claude Vaudevich, we did not consider ourselves as gods then. We were all that once, and we were young too. Not in your people's sense, no. But we were learning about ourselves, what we were capable of. No God had ever done my love had had. None say for himself had ever made me life. I was elated at first, excited at what possibilities my bride's feet could accomplish, but my had soon turned to dread. As it happened, my love was not finished. She had one more creation, a very great terror and costless work. The god of masks knelt down, inches from my face. I stared back at my own reflection. My brown eyes, cleft chin, the scar on my forehead. The Alzarians, I finished. The first of us when Varian rose and began to pace around the gravel island. Her other children required very little. They were men, but not much was needed to keep them alive, keep them thriving. But Illithane wanted more. She wanted children like herself, like the rest of us, beings of will and agency, beings as if to speak and play, Fight and love, fear and laugh. But there was a price her immortality. Far more than a simple drop of blood. I warned her against it. feared the toll it would take on her. She was already so frail, nearly as fragile as your character. Just as no god had ever made life before, no god had ever died, I thought. But Ilithen persisted I said she made the Alzarians, and by extension the rest of us kicked him, Urso human against your wishes against her, her senses to give, give you life, life. She, she traded, traded eternity. eternity. She She traded forever forever with me me for a a moment moment with you. A moment of silence passed between man and God. I reflected on what was said. Despite everything, I couldn't help but feel a twinge of sympathy for the God of time. His actions. They were unforgivable, yes. But they were born out of fear. Fear of loss, something even mortals struggle to comprehend, though we see it every day. Everything that's happened for centuries, all of civilization, it's all been one panicked moment for him. From his perspective, he sees his love dying, and he thinks he can save her, feels that he must face eternity alone. Where is she now? Her body is somewhere deep in the bowels of the earth, beneath the seas and its lightless flow, but her soul is peaceful, a flicker resides in of you. It is not unlike my body, the deep the frights, as you call them. But her bond with you was and is her choice. Should she wish, she can sever it at any time, and ascend once more to immortality, and kill us all in the process. Is that so different from what you do to yourselves? When Varian rounded on me, a renewed edge to his voice. My beloved gives you life at the cost of her own. And how do you repay her? With violence, greed, and hatred. Endless war. With every passing age, you find fresh atrocities. If not for that fool, Grinvot, you'd have annihilated yourselves already. You are unworthy of my love's sacrifice. And soon, she will see that too. I stood up, straining my neck to meet with Varian's gaze. You're wrong about us. And if it takes me the rest of my days, I'll prove it to you. A stirring pledge, mocked the god of time. But alas, you will not you have, have that chance, chance if your father, father gets his wish. Shh. I looked down at my father on the stone slab. As much as I didn't want to admit it, when Varian was right. Whether for revenge or power, my father's ambitions would only further prove the god's point. Not to mention it could cause untold chaos for the world. He had to be stopped. But what if the child... If Old Wind got his hands on her, it was all over anyway. And suppose neither of them got to her. What then? Was the child to grow up with her power intact? How would that be any better than my father becoming a god? My heart ached for the child just thinking about it. All of this turmoil around the simple fact of her existence... She didn't ask for any of this. She had no evil intent, no darkness in her heart. She was just a child trying to live. Just like we all were. If I stop my father, I said, then I need your word on a few things. First, you will release him both from his chains and his contract with the feral soul. And you will leave this island for good and let Sanctuary live in peace. Agreed, when Varian said with a drawling sigh, Anything Anything else?" else? Lastly, you will let me perform the Feast of Passions myself. I will return the child's power to the Veilman, so she can live a normal life a bowl of proposals proposal. what of my own, own place for the shoshai well you said it yourself right designs on every word of history i'm sure you've got other irons in the fire how do I know I'm not trading one mortal god for another? You don't. But as a rule, I'm not keen on Armageddon's. Try to avoid them whenever possible. (laughs) The god chuckled. It took me aback. Did I just make a god laugh? Very well. I accept. light began to pour into the cave, followed by the sounds of the sea. When Varian's shadow body began to slither towards the exit, his mask dissipated, and soon he was but a shadow on the wall, leaking out of the cracks of the boulders near the entrance. His voice remained, though, whispering in my ear, Before he betrayed me, your father's focus was a horn. He used, he used it to, to call, call the beasts of the jungle to his aid. Look, look for it in the fairy ponds near the rolling hills. Be careful. Your father's, father's king has no doubt informed him of our meeting. He will be there, along with his allies. Great, I murmured. So I am to fight all of Sanctuary alone? The circle may help you, if you ask nicely. Besides, you're not as alone as you may think. The voice faded, and at last the cave returned to normal. It was just me and my father, now, in what would most likely be our last peaceful moment together. I leaned on the side of the slab and took his hand in mine. I could still feel his pulse. After the mind-bending journey I'd taken this afternoon, the simple rhythm of his heart was grounding. I took a deep breath, giving his hand a squeeze. I am sorry, Father, I whispered, but it has to be this way. I'm coming. Best be ready. I bent down, giving him a kiss on the forehead. And with that, I left my father's tomb the way I came in. The brightness of the beach struck me as I passed through the cracks in the boulders. I shielded my gaze. As I did, an unexpected sound caught my ear. It sounded like... voices? My sight adjusted, and I looked out onto the sea. Approaching the beach was a vessel, a galleon, fully manned, preparing to come to shore. A familiar flag adorned the mast. A crimson flag with a black salamander. No, I whispered. That's impossible. But as the lifeboats came to shore, they confirmed what I saw. Some very dear friends, faces I had missed for six long months, arriving on the Isle of Fronta. Captain Swift and her salamanders, the miraculous four, and leading them In the first lifeboat was a red-haired woman with one green eye and one brass. A familiar little construct was floating by her head. She wore sailor's slops and a weathered blue doublet, quite different from her usual greasy workshop clothes. She looked well, still moving slowly from her injuries, but alive. Quinn Sullivan had found me. And she brought the cavalry. Echoes of Exesor is written, produced, and performed by Nick Walker. Sound effects courtesy of GarageBand and Freesound.org. Outro song by Brittany Rhea, also known as Music Speak, on SoundCloud. Link in the description. For questions or comments, email me at echoes of at gmail.com.